Tingler, Rufflet, and Bruxis. Bruxis? Bruxish. Bruxish. And Bruxish. As I, I can't Bruxish. Sean Connery. I'm sorry. Bruxish. Bruxish. <laughs> <laughs> tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. This limited research is worth being snubble-headed about. This incense day, find the tall, dark, and handsome water type you've been looking for. I play my blue eyes purple bug in attack mode. New ways to earn polka coins. Oh, what? And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to GoCast episode 92. It's March 6th, a Wednesday evening. <laughs> Curveball. Whoa. I'm your host, Chris, <laughs> and this week I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Who's working some new audio duds over there. Yes, it's about time to like try and upgrade some stuff. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. We'll see how it goes. You you decide, dear listener, <laughs> or I'll decide in the edit, I guess. <laughs> Chris will be like, never do that to me again. <laughs> <laughs> you sound too good. Now I have to get a new mic and we'll just get in this, this entire battle where we just <laughs> both run out of money, but we sound really great. <laughs> That's how I pictured it would all end. Yes. But uh, Kyle and I are back for another episode of talking about Pokemon Go and such. But first, we do have to work through some pesky goals as per usual. But I can tell you personally that the outlook for this week much better than most weeks. Let me just say, I think I can agree with that one. You think? I think we're going to find out. All right, Mr. Kyle, you can go first since you are also as confident as I am. Did you perform a remote raid? I did. I did Ooh. a remote raid. Okay, what'd you raid? <laughs> I don't know if I what was admit it? it. Was it a Meowth? It was not a Meowth. Okay. It was a Joltik. That's nothing to be embarrassed about. No, the Joltic thing that I'm embarrassed is about it? is that like I left work Sunday. No, it was probably Friday. And I was like, I need to do a remote raid for my goals this week. And there's a gym like three or four blocks from where I work that had a raid in it. And I could have just driven to it. I could have gone there and parked in the parking lot. And it was like, it was like, I was already outside and I was already in my car. Yeah. Yeah. And so instead I used the remote raid sitting in my car at the parking lot at work. And then I went home. Yeah, you just gotta try out the system. That makes sense. You got you got three of them for one poke coin anyway. So like whatever, right? Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, I also have a story to tell about remote rating, so you won't be embarrassed on your own. I promise you that. But moving along with your goals here, did you max out Spiritomb this week? I did. <laughs> I did. Spiritomb is maxed out. He walked with me for some like 800 kilometers, I think. Let me wow. just double check super quick. 780 kilometers walked for that Spiritomb. Oh, boy. As well as like 45 rare candy, somewhere like that. Well, that's not too bad. All that no, walking no. paid off. You wouldn't have to dump like 200 in there. God. So, it happens. So much walking. 
It happens. Well, congratulations on finally finishing the Spirit Tomb. I can't wait to see what the next one is. Okay, what about finishing that Canto research for the Throwback Challenge 2020? I'm proud to say as of about two hours ago, I finished it. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, congratulations. That's an A+, plus, a 100%, a 3 wow. out of 3. Quick, someone tell me when the last time that happened was. <laughs> oh, geez, I don't know. I'm not really keeping track. I'm, I'm tracking the failures. The victories are less interesting. Let's just be honest. Uh, for myself, I also wanted to perform a remote raid, and I did. I performed three remote raids. One was well. by accident. One I failed on purpose, and the other one I did for funsies and actually did it. It was a meow. <laughs> but the first one I did uh, on purpose, but I failed it on purpose. I was sitting in a parking lot waiting to get some food for my family out doing contactless pickup and stuff. And I was like, okay. oh, I'm on that step. I got to do a remote raid. You know, I don't know when the next time is going to be that I'm going to be out of the house. So I really got to look now. I pop open my phone. It's not an event. It's not a raid hour. It's nothing. I kid you not, out of the eight gyms that I could see, six had Dark Rye going. <laughs> six. And I was like, okay, uh, fine. I check all of them. I look for the lobbies. Nobody's in them. I'm like, well, I'm not going to waste a pass and not do this. Well, okay, what else is around? One other raid besides those six. You know what it was? Um, a Nitto King, a four star Nitto oh King. God. Let me stop you right there. And I was like, huh, I'm not going to get this done. I'm like, wait a minute. It just says participate in a raid or like do a raid. It's not win. Yeah. So I just threw my pass in. I fought that Nitto King and then I put my phone down, went and got the food, came back out by the time I was done. On to the next step of that quest, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I didn't really want they want the Nitto King anyway. That's fine. But remote raids finished. So don't be embarrassed. Some of us failed on purpose. <laughs> that's that's fair. Um, I also wanted to finish my Canto research. That's finished. I finished it up a few days ago. Uh, it was it was enjoyable. We'll talk about it in a little bit here. And then I had to max an Ariados. And I did all the way, all the way oh, through. Man. I wasted 270,000 Stardust on that I know thing. The pain. It was awful. I, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm having fun for some reason. So we're just a couple of winners this week, Mr. Kyle. Look at us. <laughs> wow. You know that that hot ones with Paul Rudd. He's like, look at us. That's how I feel right now. That's how I feel. Anyway, uh, let's move on into greener pastures with the news. I say that. But we just succeeded. So how green could this pasture be in comparison to 100% times two? You know what I mean? Why don't we find out? We'll find out. The first thing on the docket to talk about this week is an announcement that was made shortly after we recorded. So this might seem like stale news, but it's still very pertinent. The May 2020 spotlight hours and the research breakthrough has been announced for this month. Obviously, we're in it. We're living it. It's our reality. On the 5th, on Tuesday, these are all Tuesdays, by the way, it was Shelter with two times catch Stardust. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. Maybe you grabbed some orange boys. Who knows? Hopefully you did. On the 12th, also a Tuesday, it's going to be Sunkern with two times catch experience. Just a reminder, by the way, that these spotlight hours happen from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. local time. So no stress about conversions on this one, which is great. On the 19th, also a Tuesday, Puchenya with times to catch candy. That's a fun one. You can shiny hunt that one. Oh, you can also shiny hunt Sunkern. I didn't mention that, but that's exciting as well. On the 26th, the final Tuesday of May, Bronzor. <laughs> 
Bronzor's is uh, spotlit, I suppose, with two times transfer candy. So if you're going to be, you know, awake between 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. or available, don't forget to transfer your legendaries, Chris. Don't forget this time. You'll wait I until mean, Halloween. To be fair, I did remind you like two weeks ago when it was transfer candy and you were like, I don't have time for that right now. It, it, it will take some time. It, I will have to sit down. I will have to go through myself to mark stuff. You know, the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, it does just happen to fall on days that we normally record at the yes. literal hour that we start recording. So Right. Yes. Yeah. So uh, that's just how it goes. It's kind of nice right now because with all the local spawns, even when we're prepping for the show, you know, because we record around seven o'clock or we try to most times. So between six and seven, we're usually prepping or getting ready to record like we're able to check. But I kind of wanted to go out, you know, on some of these Tuesdays and try it out. But maybe next time we'll see. There's one more thing to add about this month. And you probably already know if you are a research buff from Friday, May 1st at 1 p.m. to Monday, June 1st at 1 p.m. PDT. Shinks with extra candies will be available as a research breakthrough. It can be shiny. It's a popular Pokemon, so uh, there's not a lot of backlash about this, but there is not a lot of practical use to this choice, similar to Pharisee when that was in there, too, you know, so. It's just very strange because anybody who wants Shinx was probably hunting raids really hard for them, but they also dropped, like, candy out of 10Ks for, like, six months. Yeah, previously, the only way to attain Shinx has been through raids or through eggs. They do not spawn in the wild. So this is kind of interesting. It's another avenue. If you haven't been able to get one in the past, this will fill that dex entry for you. And hopefully the extra candies will carry you through all the way to a Lux Ray. Uh, but uh, it's kind of up to the individual, I suppose. So man, this is exciting for somebody. I know High Casper from our community loves Shinx, so she's like all about it. <laughs> there is one thing worth note is that this is the first time a Shinx, a low enough level is going to be available to have a Luxray in Great League level. That's right. If that ever matters, that info is courtesy of Catherine from our Discord for pointing that one out. Whether that's relevant or not, got me. There's going to be a Sylph Cup where that matters somehow that you want the mono electric type. I don't know. Don't get me wrong. Luxray is really good. Good base stats. Everything has a fine move set. It's OK. Uh, I think it's got spark and wild charge or something like that. It's it's not bad. It's just there is not a it's not in anybody's top 10 list when we're talking about DPS or even for mm-hmm. PvP building. But yeah, hopefully a niche will roll around that. You know, yes, from May 2020, I snagged this Luxray that's at 1498 or something like that. And that'll be cool. But uh, we'll see if you guys know more about it than we do, which is possible. Please, 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 please send us an email. We'd love to learn more about this with you guys. Next up, this throwback challenge. Canto is wrapping up. It's it's just about done here. We're about to go into Johto. So now that Kyle and I have worked our way through the entire research, I don't want to you know throw any spoilers out there, but it is now com- going to be completely gone and it was time sensitive. So you can't even do it after the fact when this episode goes up. So we are going to talk about it a little bit. This is out of the norm. We don't normally go through the research very much because we want people to go through it on their own. Um, but the big spoiler at the end is that you get a Mewtwo has a shiny chance and it knows Psy Strike, which is great. And along the way, there were some other really great catches. Some of the featured Pokemon that popped up for encounters were like Starmie, Onix, Weezing, 
a Hitmonchan, Pokemon like that. So if you haven't been playing since day one and cancer Pokemon are now more rare, this might have helped fill out your decks with some more difficult entries that are fully evolved or whatever. I had a great experience with the research. Kyle, what did you think? I thought it was pretty great, honestly. I, I did it really piecemeal over the last week just because I kept getting caught on a step that I wasn't able to go out and finish. Had to wait like two days to go do a raid. Had to like wait a day and a half to find a psychic type. That was kind of annoying, <laughs> even with the spawns. But the rewards were were great. It felt like a really good wrap-up to Kanto, a really good representation. It had a lot of the very iconic Pokemon minus starters because they were spawning in the wild. And especially, like you said, for people who were missing out, it was a lot of good dex fillers, too. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure wheezing is a big one for a lot of people. We've seen a lot of coughing around recently from some events, but that hasn't always been the case. Uh, Same with like Hitmonchan and stuff like that, unless you're getting like a shadow one. uh, There's no reason to really see them around in any other capacity. There was a Lapras as well, which is pretty good. But besides just the research, there were also other things this week that happened with the Kanto. Like they changed up the spawn pool. They brought shiny Venonet in which is great. Did you have any luck with Venonat this week, Kyle? This week? Well, yeah, today. Literally, like, (laughs) I don't know, 20 minutes before we started recording. It's like 45 minutes ago now. It was uh, just sitting out in my my yard. Just clicked on it. It was shiny. I was like, okay, sure. I wasn't expecting to get a shiny, so I'll take it. Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> this week has been very kind to me with shinies. I'm not entirely sure if it has to do with the spawn pool or, or what, but uh, I also snagged a Venonet, which I'm thrilled about because either people had a lot of luck or no luck whatsoever with that one. Uh, snagged another shiny Eevee, which between you and I, <laughs> Kyle, I could do without. Uh, but is, but that your, I, is that your first full odds Eevee since no, it's Community my Day? second. It's that my second one. Yeah, yeah. Which brings me up to like a grand total of like what twenty four, twenty five, <laughs> something, see. something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. For those who are sitting at home, like what? If you weren't around for Eevee Community, it was two days, and we went ham. We went absolutely ham. That's why. Anyway, the last one was a Zubat. I'm thrilled. I'm only one nice. away from the family line. Mmm. Yeah, anyway, it was a really cool week. The the, the research tasks, I didn't really notice anything, uh, you know, crazy. And the raid bosses, obviously, were not a huge influence on me right now, besides, I guess, that Nidoking King and the Meowth. <laughs> but there was nothing, like, super incredible in the spawn pool for raid bosses, rather. Um, I'm looking forward to Johto. I'm assuming you are, Kyle. I mean, that has the Stardust bonuses in it, so... Yeah, yeah, give me, give me the Stardust... Especially because, you know, everybody's pluses are working now, as far as I've heard. I haven't seen anyone complaints, and that means I can use a plus at work all day. This is great. All right. We're we're back in it, Kyle. We're back <laughs> in it. Nice. Light turns green once again. For the first time in my ghost challenge, candy will be the primary block, not mm-hmm. Stardust, which is kind of crazy. I didn't actually think that was going to happen. Here we are. Got to throw a lure down, man, and just walk around. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got a new one Pokecoin bundle in the shop for this week. It seems we do every single week. That's because it's a weekly bundle, y'all. Of course we do. This week, it's for one Pokecoin, mind you, 10 Pineapple Berries, 15 Raspberries, 20 Pokeballs, and 
three incense, good value, very good value. They've all been great value because they're one polka coin. They'd have to literally give you nothing. <laughs> but yeah. but this one is one of the better boxes, I think, for sure. Yeah. Is this the first time they've had incense back in since? Since they had just an incense box? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that that alone made it kind of exciting for me because I'm not hurting for pokeballs anymore since i'm i'm back at work now i mean i was almost out of raspberries thank god that this had 15 raspberries in it (laughs) i'm joking by the way i had 350 this morning i I just threw out 120 yesterday (laughs) (laughs) terry wolf is just going cringing going that's stardust (laughs) i can't get to gyms i'm sorry terry yeah look i could if i could i would go feed them but it's not feasible as an instinct player, unfortunately. Mm, that's true. Even if I could, I I still wouldn't. I just I don't know. It's just not fun to me. You know, like I mean, it's those not are for my all. buddy. Those are for my buddy. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next up is a little bit of a hot button issue, kind of. It kind of depends on where you fall in this situation here. But raid hour is back, but it's been rebranded as remote raid hour. It was actually today. It was. An hour and 45 minutes ago, essentially, Wednesday, May 6th from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. local time, Giratina ah, raid battles will be happening more frequently. So that was happening like a traditional raid hour, but it was branded remote. Now, there's a lot of conversation about this right now because is this the right time for them to bring back raid hour? Does the fact that they named it, you know, renamed it, air quotes, remote raid hour, does that make it okay? Because we aren't able to invite friends to the raids yet. Is it even a feasible thing to do? I haven't read any of the feedback online yet, so I don't really have a finger on the pulse. I didn't participate, but Kyle, I'm assuming between the two of us, you can speculate on this pretty accurately what people are going to say and how they're going to feel about it. What's your take on this remote raid hour? You think it's too soon? You think it's appropriate? What do you think? I think it's too soon. The, the choice of Pokemon is also strange, but that's a separate issue. It would have been much more reasonable or understandable if they had reintroduced raid hour once they established the inviting your friends to a remote raid. Because then you could actually say, hey, we're just encouraging people to play with their friends together separately. But as it is, nothing here will encourage remote raiding versus somebody trying to do a raid train against better judgment. That's true. But if they're doing a raid train where they're just getting a bunch of people in their cars and they just have seven and they just drive from from gym to gym and they're not commingling in their cars and stuff like that, that's still practicing safe play because you're distancing, right? Maybe. Potentially. But it is still encouraging people just to be be out and about when it's it's just it's kind of strange, I will say. I think it's a strange choice. Maybe they want to test the waters to see what kind of financial situation it creates and see whether people like even bother. Cause like, obviously if no one buys raids and no one goes out to raid, they're not going to bother to try and do this. Cause it's just a negative for them then. But is it because they don't, they don't need to pay any money to hold the event. It's free for them. Besides the labor it made to make the communications and stuff like that. Like, you know, even if five people just do it, they probably still make a profit. Uh, I don't think that's true. It's we've, been around too long and we know that raid hours it's not just them throwing a switch because otherwise they would go off without a hitch every time true five is too few okay but like even if they did 500 which would still be like a, you know, like a minuscule amount that's still maybe maybe you know 
I, but like, it's not necessarily the, the monetary cost. It's the publicity cost too. If this feels too hot for Niantic, which maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I also have not seen many of the takes online. Then that, you know, that's a cost versus effect kind of scenario they have to weigh in on. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I would agree too. My take on this ethically is that it's not it's not a black and white issue. It's not this is bad or this is good. Part of this is great and part of this is not great. And to point out one and not acknowledge the other seems like you're just doing half the work, in my opinion. And I think mm-hmm. you pretty much just did a great job of outlining both. But the part that I think is kind of left out from the overall conversation is how much responsibility do you think Niantic feels that they might have because they put the word remote in front of it? Yeah. But the fact that they know that the invite player function isn't working and that's how this would really work seems like, you know, you know better sort of sort of situation. You know what I mean? Like you want to say that, but at the same time, they're definitely encouraging people to practice safe play just like they have been this entire time. They're just creating an opportunity for people to play in a different way that they may or may not want to just because they hold this event doesn't mean you have to participate. So it's it's weird. Like, where do you where do you throw the responsibility? Is it on the player for interpreting the situation correctly or is it on Niantic for them creating an opportunity for people to break, you know, a rule or a guideline? And how is this any different than them just having the game running normally? It's not like they cut off spawns that weren't inside people's houses. There have been spawns all over the place this entire time. Incense still works, you know, like everything works the same. So is this any worse? I don't know. I don't think so. I I don't view it as inherently bad it's not like oh man niantic evil this is this is bad changes they're doing it's it's not that and and i think anyone who's thinking that strongly about it might just want to take a step back and look at it from both sides potentially because both sides do have their own blame and their own interpretation of the situation i'm willing to play it down the middle on this one because I can see both sides like we're describing. But the part that I get tripped up on is the the lack of the invite other players feature. Because even when you're showing up to raids that are about to pop, the only reason that you're able to raid with a group of people that are otherwise strangers unless you have a strong community, which is not the case for everybody. I know it's true of us. We have discords that we can plug into. Mm-hmm. But you got to consider the, the rural player, right? They rely on running into people that happen to be there at hatch. You know what I mean? Like that's basically the rule. You show up and if people are there, you can do it. With remote play, you can't coordinate with strangers who may or may not be there because you can't see them. Mm-hmm. And you can't invite your friends for backup because the future isn't live yet. So it does create this frustrating middle ground where I could see a lot of people being like, okay, well, yeah, but. This doesn't do me any good. You know what I mean? Oh, that just especially reminds me that my girlfriend opened up Harry Potter Wizards Unite last night, the night before, and took the night bus to go do a fortress, right? That's what they're called. Took the night bus? Yeah. They have their own version of remote raiding in that you can take the night bus as, you know, Harry Potter night bus, and it takes you to a fortress. And it doesn't just take you to a fortress. It cues you for a fortress with other people. She was in there with six other people. Matchmaking? Yeah. And I was just what? like, why can't we have that? I want that. <laughs> Nintendo is clearly then behind this or something. I would, like, I would drop I 50 it. bucks and I would queue for raids for a few hours. I would do that. So that's just Man. for anyone out there who's not playing Wizards Unite, letting you know what you're missing <laughs> And out we on. know we're, you're out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
But anyway, regardless of how you feel about remote raid hour, if it's appropriate or not, it did happen. And I would I would foresee it being a continuing thing in the future, regardless of how this goes or doesn't go, because once the friend option is put in and you can invite people to show up to these things that you want to hang out with and stuff. This is going to be a winner, a winner of an event. It'll be great. Remote rain will be awesome. Hang out, do three raids with your with your friends online and you're you're good to go sort of thing. Mm -hmm. There is a ton of news this week and uh, I'm going to drink some water and Kyle's going to tell you about uh, Go Battle League season two because boy, oh boy, there's actually a bunch of stuff that they announced with this. It's, It's pretty interesting. So as we all know, they delayed the launch of season two. But maybe it was because of all of the other things that are happening in season two. When does season two begin? It's going to begin Monday, May 11th at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and will run through early July. When do the leagues run? Great League is going to run May 11th through June 1st. Ultra League is going to run June 1st through June 22nd. Master League is going to run June 22nd through July 6th. Additionally, the first ever Go Battle League Cup, the Premier Cup, will run concurrently with the Master League. What? Yeah, look at that. Like the Master League, the Premier Cup won't have a limit on combat power. However, legendary and mythical Pokemon won't be eligible to participate. Ooh. Otherwise, everything else about the format will stay the same, including the way ranks and ratings are determined. We hope the Premier Cup will add a fun flavor to Season 2. Well, hold on. Now, that's a big deal. I'm going to finish the last two points here, and we're going to come back to that. All three leagues and the Premier Cup will be available from Monday, July 6th at 1 p.m. to Monday, July 13th at 1 p.m. Season 3 will begin Monday, July 13th at 1 p.m. Well, that is... Just going to say that's very unlike Niantic to say a date so far in the future. But that's, that's true. It's, it's yeah. good. Well, they had to lay out the other ones. So I guess, you know, yeah, order of elimination. You know. a flexible time there with all of the open cups. But anyways, Premier Cup, no legendaries, no mythical Pokemon. This both exciting and also slightly underwhelming, maybe for me mm, personally. Really? Yeah. So I'm just going to say real quick for me. No legendaries is really cool. It's a great limit. It means they're willing to test limits. That's the biggest thing that this says to me. But no legendaries in Master League where everybody already has legendaries powered up. The big barrier for legendaries in Master League, it's not powering them up because you already have that done. It's getting a second move, which is super expensive, obviously. But how many non-legendary Pokemon do you have maxed out if you weren't already intending to use them for master league yeah for master league not many i mean i've got my tyranitars and machamps and stuff but that's about it yeah you got you know you've got gyarados maybe the the swampert that you've had powered up because of master league already you know you've got stuff like that i'll be interested to see how it shifts the meta because you know the meta is so focused on stuff like dialga right now so what I have to say is a little bit, I think we kind of agree, but I would I would describe it a little bit differently. I think it's interesting. I would agree 100% with the whole limit testing thing for sure, but I don't think it's underwhelming. I understand that you mean it's underwhelming in the fact that there is only like one limitation and that's there's no mythical, no legendary sort of thing, and it's not more creative than that. But because it's so simple, to me, it's much more overwhelming. I would have preferred it to be Great League personally because we've already exactly. felt 
that space out. And so this is both terrifying and exciting because it'll be like what the Great League meta has been so flexible and stuff for all these Sylph Cups and such, but it'll be in the Master League sphere. So it'll be interesting to see who kind of rises to the top, but it's a lot of Pokemon. I think you you nailed it with how I was feeling is that it's not that no legendary isn't a good enough qualifier for me because it's very relevant for Master League. The problem is it's in Master League. And mm-hmm. I know we've I've gone on record complaining about Master League. This isn't really a complaint about Master League necessarily, but one of the best parts about Sylph Cup and their limitations being in Great League is that for 80% of the Pokemon that might become relevant, you don't need to drop 300,000 Stardust plus into them. Some of them might even work at level 20 where you already have them. You know, like how Alolan Raichu became meta in Great League and that cost literally just a second move because it comes out of the raids at 1500. And so this is scary because we don't know if this is going to still be here going forward. How's it going to feel to power up completely new Pokemon, spend 300 to 400,000 Stardust and then never use them again? Right. Potentially. Obviously it's, it's not quite as defined as that. That's how it feels right now when you're powering up, you know, your your counters and stuff for Master League, which was still relatively evolving. I know we got caught up on Dialga and that was kind of like the main pivot for a lot of people. But there was a lot of innovation that was still happening at the top. And those innovative choices were not raid counters. So that bad taste already existed. You know what I mean? In the back of people's mouths. So that's just a natural progression of how the cups, how the leagues are going to work, because as it goes on common meta stuff becomes everywhere but then the higher up you get the more serious people will be the more they're willing to power up a niche counter and then everybody at a higher tier is going to be having those niche counters so now you need counters to their counters and then suddenly the counters to their counters no longer stop the real meta and so then you're back to you know using azumarill every fight after fighting nothing but three poison types. Oh, I never stopped, so... <laughs> it, it happens. I'm sure in, like, rank nine, it's just all counters. But anyways, yeah, it's still exciting, and I can't wait. But there's more changes to Go Battle League. There's going to be changes to the matchup process. Trainers will be able to initiate trainer battles via QR code from anywhere, regardless of the trainer's friendship level or distance. For trainer battles with friends, the friendship level requirement will remain lowered so you can send battle invites to good friends and great friends. Originally, you could send battle invites only to ultra friends and best friends. That's kind of interesting to me because there's no situation adjective here. There's no because of the world right now. There's no because of the quarantine or anything describing this first one in particular. Oh, that first one, no. But the second one, the is, word remain lowered. Yeah. You know, that, remain well, that one was lowered. changed because of it. But being able to QR challenge people from anywhere, if that stays, you can re- more reasonably set up online like tournaments potentially. That's true, right? Yeah, it kind of gives you this idea that maybe mega tournaments will be around to stay. And for communities like ours, our Discord community, we have an entire spreadsheet set up so that if you want to join our PvP group, back when the requirement was at minimum ultra friends, you we had a list of people and their friend codes and you had to get to gifting and it took a lot of follow-up and stuff like that. And so it's been really nice. 
You know, I mean, we've been having PvP tournaments and I've been seeing people in my friends list that I've been fighting against that are still at two. And I'm like, uh oh, that might not be great. Eventually, I should probably still work on that. But this QR code idea sounds like it would maintain that even if the rest of that stuff goes back to normal. However, I did see on Twitter, our good friend Ken over at the Lured Up podcast did ask Niantic for some clarification about this, the QR codes are only valid for two minutes. Yeah. So you will have to, in a large scale tournament situation, renew the QR code, resend it to the person. And that, and that can be a little bit frustrating, but it still allows it to happen. It's still a valid avenue, I mean, which is better than we had before. Is it really any different than you private messaging somebody say, hey, let's go now? And then, okay, I'll send challenge. In the flip side, you just, okay, I'll send a screenshot of my QR code. You scan it. Same thing, really. But if I'm trying, if you're on your phone somewhere out in the street, right, in a different country from me, and I'm out in the street with my phone, no amount of QR code swapping is going to help because we can't scan it with the phone or receiving the QR code on. That's fair. You know, so you it is you are going to have to use a computer or somebody's going to have to have a second phone or some other way for you to scan it. You know what I mean? That is true. So, I mean, this could be this is both innovative, but it comes with a, a host of other obstacles and, and, and like snags. I just it feels like it's it's a step in the right direction for sure. One hundred percent agreed. But we have more changes coming. There's changes to the reward structure for Go Battle League. The Go Battle League reward system has been changed slightly. You can now earn a Pokemon reward encounter after your third win on the basic rewards track or after your first win on the premium rewards track. The ranking system has been adjusted. More wins are now required to get to ranks four, five, six, and seven. Some of your guaranteed reward encounters will be different for season two. You'll encounter these Pokemon at each listed rank. Rank four unlocks Stunfisk. Rank eight unlocks Rufflet. Rank nine unlocks Scraggy. After you reach rank 10, you'll earn a new avatar pose. That's pretty cool. Trainers who finish Season 2 at Rank 7 or higher will receive an Elite Fast TM rather than an Elite Charge TM. Other than that, the end of Season Rewards will stay the same as in Season 1. Well, some positives, some negatives, potentially. It's This, this one is the one that I'm a little bit torn on. Really? Okay. Yes. I, I'm kind of dying to hear what you think isn't so hot i mean when they shuffled around the rank rewards and having scraggy at rank nine i think that part's kind of a bummer that that hurts moving the pokemon encounter to three instead of four three wins currently is two rare candy for the free track right that's kind of really big for a lot of people i would rather have i would rather have two rare candy than another Ashwat. And then after I've caught, you know, 10 Rufflet and 10 Scraggy, I probably won't want them anyways as well. Right. Yeah, I bet you they have some data on this. I bet a lot of people were just getting to the rare candy and not making it to the encounter. And well, for yeah, a lot of well, people, I mean, especially people that are spamming the basic stuff like that because they, they're not putting. Here's how I think about it. Let me back that up a little bit. If you're the sort of person that is spamming the free rotation, you're looking to not spend money on the game. Right. And if you're spamming a lot, you're probably doing it for a reason. And I doubt it's for the rare candy. You're probably doing it because you have a lot of free time. It means you can't get out, which means you probably rely on it for the encounters for some of these exclusive uh, Pokemon. I I disagree. I definitely saw a, a very vocal, probably minority, 
of the community talking about that it was disappointing because it's the only real reliable way of rare candy right now because they can't raid and they want to raid. Yeah, that's fair. And like the only other option for rare candy is five wins for the premium one, you know? Yeah, but they also don't want rare candy to be the reason why you do go battle league. They want some of these exclusive unique sort of rewards to be the reason you do. So prioritizing the encounters makes sense to me in that way. But then they got to make the encounters more interesting because I did I did a decent amount of go battle league this last week and I got six starters. Didn't I and one and one scraggy six starters, Mm -hmm. one scraggy. Basically what I got. I don't even remember what else it was because it wasn't worth mentioning. So since they have these rewards that are set at rank four, eight and nine, Stunfisk, Rufflet and Scraggy, right? And the encounter on the free track was on win four. There might have been several occasions where somebody who was looking to get whatever the rank four or five was last time that they kept getting three and they went, kept going three and two and blew past the rank and never got the reward. Maybe they want to avoid situations like that. I mean, that's, that's fair, but then that just brings up the issue of the flaw in the system that the game requires you to win more than 50% of your games to get the good rewards. No other game requires that. The whole point is to try and get you to maintain a 50% win rate at your skill level. If you're winning more than 50% of your games, you are playing against the wrong people. That's how PvP on online matchmaking has worked for decades. So, right, but at the same time, 3 wins out of 3 out of 5 is in the middle, right? So it is 50%. Yeah. Well, so it's not I mean it's 60%. That's the thing. If you played 10 sets, you've now won 30 out of 50 games. If I win 30 out of 50 games in something like League of Legends, or CSGO, or Dota, I'm expected to get harder and harder games until I don't get 60% win rate. That's unrealistic to maintain. Right, but then also to have these flagship almost guarantees of these different ranks for people to consistently have to hit four, which would be an 80% win rate, would be, it's not feasible for for Mm -hmm. the trophies that they're trying to deliver through this system. I think if that was the potential issue, the real reward is every time you go up a rank guaranteed pokemon encounter regardless of your track that is the right way to go and that's like it's not even unreasonable because that's only 10 encounters max and that would give somebody a really good goal to try and drive to a higher rank potentially yeah but i digress it's a very sore topic i think for me just because that win rate thing it's it's rough it is rough but what about that elite fast TM, by the way? Uh, mm. There it is. We talked about this for like a, an hour last week, by the way. Now there's no way to get an elite charge TM. <laughs> it's just shifting the problem. It's just shifting the problem. Uh, I don't know. Did you just start last week, Kyle? I don't know. I got my elite charge TM. That's fine. <laughs> but, but that's only one. True. That's true. So every community today is going to have a paid for charge TM or a fast TM. You know, maybe... They, I don't think they can't expect that. us to sustain one of the two every three months. Yeah, in the same months. way that I, I can't sustain giving my cat only treats instead of his dry food. You know what I mean? Like, it's not supposed to be a, like a staple in the TM economy right now. Otherwise, it would have just hit the shop in a permanent way. It's supposed to be kind of like a one off. Oh, the people that pay PVP are the ones that are having the most trouble getting the specific thing they want on their TMs and they're complaining about it. OK, well, the people that do well can have an opportunity to choose the way that they want to. And that's the value. 
Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think it should give you one of each every every time, and then I would be super on board. I think doing one of each should be the reward from season three out, just because that means every season, every two months, you can make one Pokemon more or less exactly how you want it. That's only six Pokemon a year. Come on, that's not so bad. Makes makes a lot of sense. But there's just a couple more changes that we're going to touch on, not talk too in-depth about for PvP. And there's some move changes. Wild Charge is getting its damage increased. It was 90. It's now going to be 100. It's getting its energy decreased. It was 50. Now it's 45. And it's guaranteed to lower the user's defense by two stages. It's, Looking it's at you, good. Luxray. It's just good. Especially because a lot of Pokemon who had Wild Charge had better Electric-type moves to use instead. Drill Run is getting its energy reduced from 55 to 45. And that's it. Just straight up better. That's good. Less energy is good. Moonblast is getting its damage decreased from 130 to 110. Its energy decreased from 70 to 60. And it's going to have a 30% chance to lower opponent's attack by one stage. I don't, I don't know how to feel about that. I don't like the chance to lower, but... Not a fan of Moonblast. So, fine. yeah. And there's a move addition. Palkia Ooh. is going to learn Aqua Tail. Aqua Tail gives Palkia a powerful water-type charge attack that quickly charges, helping Palkia stand out from other legendary dragon types in the Master League and making protect shield decisions tougher for opponents. That's good. Just, you know, as long as maybe Palkia can shine a little bit like his, his brother Diago over there. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm probably not. Pretty, <laughs> probably not. Man. Yeah, but hey, man, you get that that stab from that water type, though, too. So it'll be it'll be a hefty move choice on Palkia. Does Palkia have a water fast move? Can it be used as a water attacker with this? I don't, I don't think I don't. so. <laughs> I don't think so. And Aqua Tail is great because it's it's fast charging, right? But I don't think it really has a lot going for it in the DPS department. I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, there's a lot of really interesting stuff going on with Season 2, but we'll have the link to it in the show notes if you guys want to go in and dig in some more. But moving right along to probably the worst news I've ever received in my entire life. You guys ready? Okay. I wasn't. I had. I was sitting down, and I still wasn't ready when I heard this the first time. Snubble Limited Research. Oh, man. Uh, my soul is shook. I'm shook to my core. Huh. When is this happening? This Saturday. So soon. On Saturday, May 9th, 2020, from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. local time, you can enjoy Snubble limited research through special timed research tasks with more than 50 tasks rewarding encounters with Snubble. It's like some sort of personal circle. <laughs> Of heck, let me just say, <laughs> you'll have plenty of chances to catch this fairy Pokemon. Great. That's what I was lacking in my life. If you're lucky, you could even encounter a shiny one. I'm kind of jazzed about that. If I can catch yeah. two shiny Snubble, I will never have to look at that Pokemon ever again. Be sure to complete the timed research during this time as it will disappear at 10 p.m. local time on the dot. So it'll probably show up in your daily, the today view, and more so than it will show up in the research aspect of your uh, menu, by the way. This event will be occurring at the same time as the Safari Zone Philadelphia ticketed event and Throwback Challenge 2020 Johto. So there is much to do this weekend. Huh. As somebody 
that's participating in all three of those things. Yes. Yes. Lots to do this yes. weekend. Yes. Yeah. Really quick, what's your take on Snubble Limited Research? Are you excited? Are you going to do it, Kyle, or what? I'm just more interested to see what's going to happen because it's, you know, 50 task reward encounters. It's supposed to be something that can be done at home. Are you just going to get a new research every, you know, 20 minutes, whatever the timing matches up? Can you go spin stops to get them? Because like I might be I might be at a park on that day because of the Safari Zone ticket. So, yeah, we'll have to find out is it's starting pretty early, though. 8 a.m. Wow, that's uh, but it's to 10 really out the so. gate. That's true. I'm just surprised. 8 a.m. is pretty early. <laughs> yeah. But um, to answer my own questions, no, I'm not excited. And yes, I'm going to do it. <laughs> All right, cool. We'll talk about it next week, folks. But oh, my God, I'm still just I'm just so upset. <laughs> Man. Anyway, the next thing is it's way more exciting. Incense Day. We remember we did that type shuffle thing. It was all the colors of the rainbow was Skittles themed. It was awesome. Water and dark types this time. Ooh, when is this happening? Sunday, May 17th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. local time. It'll still be six hours, just like the last one was. Features include during this time, incense will attract more Carvana and you can encounter a shiny one if you're lucky. It's been out so that it didn't come out with this event, but it's still a great shiny. An event-exclusive one Pokecoin bundle featuring three incense will also be available to pick up in the shop. Sweet. In addition to Carvana, Pokemon of different types will be attracted by incense. The type of Pokemon attracted by incense will shuffle every hour between water and dark, starting with water at 11 to noon, and then noon to 1 is dark type. You get it, through 5 o'clock. During hours that feature water-type Pokemon, you might encounter Horsey, Timpole, and more. If luck is on your side, Alomomola might appear. When dark-type Pokemon are attracted by your incense, you might find Murkrow, Sableye, and others. If you're incredibly lucky, trainers, you could encounter a regular Scraggy. Oh, man. Yep, I'm looking forward to this. I like water and dark types. I'm mostly excited for a way to farm some Scraggy candy, potentially. Farm, you mean find one of them over the course of the entire time. Well, you know what? I mean, during the the ghost period of time during the last incense event, I, you know, Litwick was supposed to be the rare one, and I caught like twenty of them during well, that you time. You know so. what? I caught one. <laughs> so I'm sorry, I need those Litwick, and it didn't. Oh, happen. I just I just transferred ten of them. You should have told me. Uh, I mean, it would have only been like ten more candy. Come on. <laughs> True. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. That'll be interesting. We'll have to get back to you about how it all goes, obviously, but I'm excited for some of the shiny checks. I mean, Murkrow and Sableye are two shinies that I want to get more of. So this will be a, a welcome event for sure. And then lastly, we have another kind of weird hot topic issue that's going on right now. But I'm, I, I guarantee you, a lot of you might be upset about this right now. But I think this is a harbinger of good things to come. I'm going to read this verbatim. Just so we have it from the the horse's mouth, as it were. Trainers, right now, the only way to earn Pokecoins is to defend gyms. This is about Pokecoins, by the way. But since Pokemon Go's release, we've added features that have vastly changed the way you play. In addition, with more trainers playing at home, we're looking to provide more ways for you to earn Pokecoins while playing at one place. Awesome. So in the future, we'll be rewarding you with Pokecoins for activities besides defending gyms. We'll soon be testing this update only with trainers in Australia, and it'll be coming to all trainers after this testing phase. Okay, so bear in mind, it is being tested. This is not a final decision. We carry on. In order to balance this new method of earning Pokecoins, the number of Pokecoins earned from defending gyms will be reduced from six Pokecoins per hour to two. 
The maximum number of Poco coins you can earn in a day will be increased to 55. That's up from 50, by the way. Here are some of the daily activities you might see. Complete the featured activities each day to receive five Poco coins. We'll circle back to that in a minute. The, the tasks are pretty simple, like make an excellent throw, evolve a Pokemon, make a great throw, use a berry to help catch a Pokemon, take a snapshot of everybody, catch a Pokemon, power up a Pokemon. You've seen these before. You know, during the initial rollout in Australia, we will collect feedback and perform additional testing based on the results. Thank you for your continued support. And we look forward to providing this update to all trainers once testing is complete. Again, testing. Please stay tuned to official channels for updates. Okay, on my first reading through, I thought this worked very differently than the way it actually is going to work. How's it actually going to work? Well, let me tell you what I thought was going to happen first. What I thought was going to happen, based on the wording here, complete the featured activities each day to receive five Poke coins, and with the limit being increased to 55 and the gym rate being reduced from six an hour to two an hour, considering you'd have to be in the gym for longer than there are hours in a day during those, well, one gym at least turn up there. I thought, I thought that completing each of these daily tasks gave you five Poke coins apiece. Turns out that that is not the case. And that currently the system is designed that if you if you complete these, oh, geez, how many are there? Ten. These ten activities, you get five poker coins. You get five for each of them being done, completed, each of them. Oh. Not singularly, but they all have to be done together and you only get five poker coins. Now, obviously, there's a lot of room for improvement in this system. I don't think that this serves people very well yes it's a it's an alternative to earning poker coins only through gyms and stuff like that but truth be told as much as i want there to be other ways besides the gym stuff i think leaving it the way it was might have been preferable to this if this does not get better over time in my opinion what do you think i was willing to to try and come into this conversation to play a devil's advocate because my understanding was slightly different but now that it's better explained to me i just Honestly, it wouldn't even be the most insulting thing for this change if win a raid wasn't also in this list of activities. That's right, it is. I have to spend something valued at 100 poker coins to make progress towards earning five. Like, that's that's kind of it. That sums it up. True. And you do get a daily free pass, though. So, But it's still valued at 100. I could use that to do what I would do with coins otherwise. And also, additionally to that, right now, free remote raid passes, you don't get one of those for free every day. So yep. your initial argument still stands in that situation, which is most of us right now. It's a very strange way to roll out potential changes, even if it doesn't stay like this. There's no way it stays like this. It's not possible. No, no, no way. No way. Why roll it out like this at all when you know that feedback is only going to be negative? See, I think that because it's altering the the value system, I mean, the poker coins, they have a money value in the game, right? They have a, a transfer value. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to shake the boat too much during this testing period to see if like, you know, the tasks work well, the system works and when it's stress test, stuff like that, you know, so I, I kind of get that, but I don't know, Kyle, you and I do our best to to try to find the positive things and, and things that aren't that great. And then also to point out the negatives and things that seem too good to be true. And in this case, the only positive that I can really see is how this is going to change in the future to give us an alternative that makes more sense than this. Because right now, I don't think this is really helping out a lot. 
the positive is definitely Niantic is looking, but I would have rather Niantic just come out in a, a statement saying, hey, we're looking at new ways to generate poker coins for you guys and just not done this at all and done more internal testing. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see how it we'll see. how it goes. We'll see. Yeah. Um, Australia, we're looking at you as we normally do in a global Pokemon Go scale. Sorry, so. Australia. Again, Th- really thank sorry. Thank you, guys. Yes. <laughs> somebody somebody changed the water in their guinea pig page, would they? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but enough about the news. Why don't we hop into the Pokalore? So this week on Pokalore, going to do Shelter and Cloister, the bivalve Pokemon even though this would have been a perfect opportunity for Snubble to let the record show that. Okay, who writes the show notes, Kyle? Chris made an executive decision. I write the show notes. <laughs> he does. No. He does. No it's Snubble. Sheld- oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what? Shelder is a black pearl-like Pokemon <laughs> encased within a spiky blue-violet bivalve shell. It has two round white eyes with tiny black pupils. Its enormously long red tongue is used to burrow itself into sand to sleep overnight and also to lure and capture prey. Fair warning, by the way, this is a long Pokalore. Shelter's got some history. It's great. (laughs) The tongue protrudes even when its shell is closed and tugging it will cause the shell to pop open. Its soft and tender body is well protected by its extremely durable shell which is purported to be harder than diamonds and has historically been used by people to make shields. Oh, my God. I would love to see a shelter shield. <laughs> Someone, Monster Hunter cosplayers, get on that, please. Let's do it. It can make pearls from accumulated sand, though it discards them as they are typically in its way. But it is a pearl, is it not? Why is it making more? I don't care. It's reproducing by, <laughs> by condensing sand. Shelter has an unusually strong appetite for the tail of a slowpoke and can develop a symbiotic relationship with the dopey Pokemon. After attaching itself to the slowpoke's tail, the two undergo a metamorphosis evolution and together evolve into Slowbro. Alternatively, if it attaches to the head of a slowpoke in possession of a King's Rock, the two will instead evolve into Slowking. These relationships allow it to travel onto land and begin a new stage in its life cycle. Death. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's, it's just character <laughs> it doesn't, death. It becomes a new character. Yeah, it doesn't do anything. It just becomes it's an accessory. Death. There you go. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Oh, there we go. Yeah. I don't know if that there's a real thing, Jim. <laughs> Regardless of which form the two Pokemon evolve into, Shelter's shell transforms into a spiny, spiraled cone with several tiers. Sharp teeth develop around the rim of the shell to anchor it securely to the evolved slowpoke, and its eyes now peek out from the bottom rim of the shell. In its crown form, Shelder will have a red jewel on its underside and a large horn on either side of its shell. While in its crown form, Shelder will periodically release its venom into Slowking's brain. This is actually beneficial to Slowking as it causes the regal Pokemon's intelligence to increase. <laughs> I need some of that poison, apparently. Behind every strong Slowking is a strong Shelder. High quantities of venom intensify this effect, and Shelter is easily provoked into releasing more whenever Slowking yawns. What? Yawning triggers more brain power. Yep. However, Shelter's poison makes Slowbro more sluggish as it continues to drain nutrients from its host's body. So, okay, well. Shelter is apparently not dead. It's, it's, it's there, just sucking up the energy. 
Shalda has two former signature moves. It can shoot spears of ice by using icicle spear. Spears of ice. Who would have guessed? <laughs> or, or clamping tightly to its opponent using clamp. <laughs> Despite its hard shell. Who would have guessed again? <laughs> clamping onto an opponent will reveal its vulnerable parts. Because of this, it will only clamp itself to a foe as a last resort. It swims around its seafloor home by rapidly opening and closing its shell while facing backwards. It's just turning around going. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the giant billows for a fireplace. Yeah, there you go. Prehistoric shelter were apparently preyed upon by Amistar, whose powerful bites were capable of breaking through its shell. So Amistar can break diamonds. Got it, guys. Kingler, Rufflet, and Bruxis. Bruxish. Bruxish. And Bruxish. As I, I can't channel my Sean Connery. I'm sorry. Bruxish. Bruxish. Our <laughs> <laughs> uh, modern praise of Shelder. Okay, well, apparently Rufflet likes to eat Shelder. Okay, sure. Hey, so yeah. Shelder's got an interesting life. Good for you, Rufflet. Yeah. Not as interesting as Cloyster, let me tell you. Cloyster is a black pearl-like Pokemon. It is encased inside a light gray shell, which is surrounded by a second jagged blue-violet outer shell casing. Because one shell wasn't enough. We had to we had to go up. It's like they overstuffed their burrito at Chipotle, <laughs> and they had a double wrap. It has one barb-like spike protruding from above its head and multiple conical horns on its outer shell. Its shell is harder than diamond with spikes that are even harder. <laughs> <laughs> There's no other adjectives. Harsh tidal currents will affect the size and sharpness of these spikes. On its pearl-like face, pearl-like the face? That's the whole thing. It has two white eyes and a mouth. Aside from its face and head, its internal anatomy has never been seen. Never. Once it has shut itself in, it is impossible to open its shell from the outside. This impressive defense allows it to withstand anything from a bomb blast to even a missile strike. <laughs> that just Love reminds it. me, there was an episode of the Pokemon anime where Cloyster closes, and I think Ash has his Kingler just crab hammer over and over and over on top of the Cloyster or something like that. And it's just not working. And it's just not working. Just nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> it just, just keeps beating it. <laughs> uh, Cloyster typically only opens its shell to attack its opponent. However, it is fully capable of retaliating against any enemy with its shell tightly closed. With rapid succession, it launches its spikes at the foe, keeping them repelled. It can also attack by clamping onto an enemy with its former signature move, Clamp. (laughs) The same projectile system is used to launch its spikes is also used for swimming. It swallows seawater and then ejects it towards the rear, propelling it through <laughs> with siphon jet propulsion. So Shelter moves by blowing air and Cloister moves by peeing backwards. <laughs> Noted. Being the results of an evolution via evolution stone, Cloister is rarely found in the wild, though they can be found in the sea floor nestled among the rocks and coral but it will actively hunt on land for slowpoke tails like it's hard to beat that habit even though it what if a cloister bites a slowpoke what happens then nothing kingler is a natural predator of cloister so the anime misled us apparently maybe maybe i'm misremembering the anime maybe like cloister shell was beginning to crack or something 
Yeah. Or or maybe Ash's Kingler was just not that great. Yeah, Ash is pretty incompetent. But, any, but what about his <laughs> Fair. stats? Oh, OK. Well, let's take a look at the stats. The max CP is 2547, which is actually a lot higher than I was anticipating for a two stage ice water Pokemon. Very low stamina and attack of 137 and 186, respectively, but an impressive defensive stat of 256. Give it some extra bulk, which is pretty much what it needs. But that's pretty much all it's got. So it's got some stain power. It's not going to move mountains. Best move set is Frost Breath with Icy Wind and Avalanche. Probably want to go with a full ice set. Uh, it's not going to be your top five ice DPS, but it might be a number six <laughs> it's got like it's got to have some pvp uses somewhere right cloister is yeah cloister has a lot of great space to flex especially against the ground and water meta the mud boys meta because of all the ice moves and it also has resistance to water right because oh, it is mud water so, so it cancels annoying. that out mud boys are annoying but you take that back because wish cash is the man i mean they're cool but <laughs> annoying they're cool. Fair enough. You know what else is cool, Kyle? What? The Pokepole. The Pokepole. So last week's question was, which week of the throwback challenge are you looking forward to the most? What's one thing you're most excited for? Miguel Rodin said, I'm looking forward to the Sinnoh throwback. That way I can have another chance to not get Gibble and Shiny Riolu and 10 hundred Chingling that I don't need. <laughs> Though, if I do get a Gibble and Shiny Riolu, then I would be fine with that. Yeah, that's fair. You know, you can just settle. Also, I can't wait to get a Lucario wearing Pikachu hat. Oh, man, it's going to look so bad. I wish it. I wish that was a thing. I wish Lucario was wearing a Pikachu hat. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> uh, Alex said Johto for sure. Same. Just because that's the gen I started with back in the day. My brother got gold and I got silver. Started with Cyndaquil and he got Totodile. Good memories. Johto is pretty great. I think Chris will. Uh, yeah, Johto's amazing. I, I'm all in on that one. Pidgeogravis said it would be shiny Pikachu with a shiny Umbreon hat, but it appears the shiny has the same color hat, unfortunately. But Groudon has a special place in my decks and Fire Punch Groudon actually going to be very relevant for PvP. So, you know, I did see that. that. I saw that as like that <laughs> people talking about that on the subreddit. Yeah. As soon as we put our episode up, I was like, ooh. <laughs> I was like, dang. <laughs> when we were like, oh, we're not so sure if this is useless or not, but stay tuned. And it turns out great. Uh, McNalligan said, for me, it's going to be Johto and getting my dex entry ho-oh. Keep missing it in raids as I have been unable to get a raid party together for it. You and me both, John. I'm really looking forward to that earthquake no and ho-oh. Yeah. That'd be sweet. <laughs> Abby says, I'm looking forward to Sinnoh eggs. Need to get my first Gibble. Well, I hope for your sake that the Gibble are more prevalent in the 7K eggs. He's been around for a while. It's time to it's time to up that rate, I think. We're pulling for you, Abby, for sure. Big Pete said, I think I'm looking forward to the champion week the most. That's the bonus week at the end if you do all the research. I think there will be a lot more rewards than the ones they outlined in the post. And the one thing I'm most excited for are the Galar forms. I think they're going to shake up PvP Ultra League a decent amount. Probably Obstagoon, right? Yeah. yeah. Boris says, double Stardust is going to be awesome. But I'm secretly hoping for more Gibble spawns in week four. More is pretty vague, though, as I've never, ever seen one spawn yet. So even one during the week would be more. <laughs> hey, one is more than you had before. 
Very true. Mike says, since I'm still trying to get 25 of every Pokemon in Let's Go, I was naturally looking forward to get another Kanto event that I'm sure everyone is fed up with by now. Well, I'm happy you're enjoying it, Mike. I did not enjoy it, which is saying a lot for a Kanto event, I think. However, largely due to these events, I only need to grind out 20 more species to reach my goal. If only Doduo and Goldeen would spawn more reliably all over the place, I could be that much closer. It's good to have a couple of holdouts, man. It means uh, it means it's worth doing if it's hard for sure. Yeah, those they're really rare spawns around me, too. I probably have caught less than 100 Goldeen. Way less than 100. Oh, my God. Yeah, Goldeen's <laughs> pretty evasive. Are you like in the 30s or something? Yeah, it's like 30, yeah. 31. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> it's the grass. It's the bug biomes. All bugs and normal types. Alicia said, aside from the rewards, like Stardust has mentioned, I'm super stoked for the Galarian Meowth because I fell in love with Perserker, which I actually caught first when playing Pokemon Sword. I hadn't even realized there was a version of Meowth and had him with me most of the storyline. Berserker's not bad if it wasn't an evolution of Meowth. <laughs> oh, I think it's still fun. Galarian Meowth is great, man. He looks wild. <laughs> I'm most excited for Pikachu with Umbreon as a hat, as he's the best boy. Stinks, though, because I still have no Pokeballs. Jackson, you got to fix that, man. <laughs> I don't know how, but you got to. <laughs> Grayson said, I'm excited for each week, but I have one thing I'm looking forward to for each week. For Kanto, looking forward to Shiny Venonat in the wild and in 7K eggs. I hope you got one. For Johto, looking forward to Pikachu wearing Umbreon hats. That's a popular one. That's real popular, man. I mean, Umbreon was the popular Pokemon for Gen 2 for a reason, I guess. True. Poen, looking forward to Ninkata in 7K eggs. You, me, and Chris both. Guess yep. who is both of our walking buddies right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's Ninkata. It's Ninkata. For Sinnoh, looking forward to shiny Glammeow since cats are my favorite animal. For Unova and the Champion Challenge, the Galarian Pokemon and Obstagoon coming to the game. So they're most excited about Obstagoon. Obstagoon's great. Oh, it's such a good Pokemon. I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. It's going to be great. I hope it's like it's relevant. I hope it I hope it does good things in Ultra League. <laughs> I want it. I want it to. This week's Pokepole with the ability to earn Pokecoins by other means in the future. What do you think the current gym system has to offer? Well, do you have a stance, Chris? How do you feel? Yeah. So with somebody that's not like too obsessed with, you know, gym hours defended or gyms controlled or anything like that. The main reason that I did gym control, aside from if I happen to get there before an egg hatched, if I could flip it over to my team for an extra bonus for uh, doing the raid. That's one thing. But I never really went out of my way to do that. So for me, it was almost only just for coin generation. And so the fact that that's being nerfed kind of leaves me out on the lurch with my relationship with gyms. I, we've talked about a gym rework forever. I think now more than ever, especially if they're going to move away from it for coin generation and have other options, it needs to be revisited because it feels antiquated. It doesn't really have a purpose. It really does. I'm going to second that opinion. I don't even use gyms for poker coins, and I know that's really inefficient play. The free-to-play players out there are like, <gasps> <laughs> like coins. Pop yeah. Pokemon. It's going to be like, <gasps> yeah. but it's just inconvenient as a player in my area to have to worry about flipping gyms to instinct and then holding them overnight. I would rather just spend the 20 bucks every other week that I usually do or whatever. And I think that's okay that the gyms are there for some people and not for everybody. But I think it's 
time that Jim's got a facelift and a a rework of some kind. PvP's big. It is. They have to have numbers on the Go Battle League, minus the quarantine situation making more people play. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's the only thing I would say right now would probably be skewing their data. But they have they have rocket stops going, which uses the PvP systems. It's good potential moving forward for changes to the gym system. Yeah, but I also don't think we'll see sweeping changes to the gym system without seeing some sweeping changes to how raids work. This is this is not necessarily raids. Not necessarily, but I think if they were going to go ahead and make a much more engaging, better system that wasn't PvP, then why wouldn't they apply it to raids as well? Yeah, I mean, this is definitely true, but I think they want raids to stay the same because raids serve as a a catalyst for the community versus something else. It's something that just brings people together, whereas PvP helps build on complexity and like raids don't need complexity in order to get people to do them. Uh, yeah, 100%. I agree. The reward is inherent before you start it, regardless of the type of battle, for sure. But yeah, I think gym play needs more than it currently does as things are taken away. Agreed. Maybe use it as an opportunity to separate raids from gyms. Give raids their own own points of interest. Specific nodes on the map for raids. Move gyms to something else. Go from there. Something like that. That way you free the gyms to do something, whatever you want to do with them. Or have them do different things. And like they do in Harry Potter, have multiple POIs do different things. Yes. Different menus, different rooms, you know, whatever the case might be. But anyway, dear listener, if you have an answer to the question with the ability to earn Poke coins by other means in the future, what do you think the current gym system has to offer? And basically just give us your opinion on gyms in general. We'll go ahead and post that on social such as Facebook and slash or Twitter. More about those at the end of the show. If you're a patron, you can also post your answers in our discord, but you can also send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com or send us a voicemail to 262-586-7717. And speaking of emails. 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 We're going to start off the email section with a voicemail because that's how I like to do things. <laughs> a voicemail is not an email, Chris. So, sorry. I've been I mean, lied it's, to. It's, it's speaking of voicemails. 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 <laughs> Here's a voicemail. <laughs> Hey guys, it's me, the Piggy Grabber here. I was just listening to last week's show, and I gotta say, I got a shiny Venonat and then a shiny Chansey within the length of the show. I mean, like, I can't, I can't even make this up. It was within uh, my first registered, and then within the length of the show. That's, you guys are bringing my shiny look today. So I just want to say thanks, keep up the good work, and I'll be listening to future shows. Uh, peace out, Piggy Grabba. Yes. Hey, hey. Yes. We can br- anybody get shiny luck from our show? It's bonus. We've already won. That's great. I want everyone to get their shinies. Two shinies in the span of an hour and like twenty minutes, however long the last episode was. That's great. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm thrilled for him. And it's a shiny chancy too. Who I want a shiny chancy so bad. Yeah, but it's green, Kyle. I know. This is the exception. (laughs) But it's a pink Pokemon turning green. Usually we're excited about Pokemon turning pink, so it's okay. (laughs) What if Shiny Chansey was just still pink? And we'd be like, oh, I'm still into this because it's pink. But (laughs) (laughs) thanks for the the voicemail, Pidgey Crabbit. We really appreciate it. Um, And and yeah, congratulations on your Shinies. That's killer, man. 
So the first email is from Jax. Hi guys, I love your podcast and you really helped me get to level 20. I just wanted to know how many shinies do you have? I got three and actually just before I wrote this, I caught a shiny Lickitung. That's just a great shiny to find in the wild. Gold boy. Yes, keep up the great work. I appreciate that. And hopefully we we help encourage you to continue the level climb. Mm -hmm. Well, Chris, you've been called out. I've been called out. I've been called out. (laughs) How do we know that you have it? Well, we're going to find out in a second. If I search by shiny, it returns 397 Pokemon. What are you at? 299. Okay. Okay. I did play for a a while before you got back into it rather hard. I don't know if that accounts for that, but. (laughs) Well, but like some of it, like you've got 24 shiny Eevee. I have six. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I would never use the number of shinies to to quantify somebody's skill in this game. It's just kind of like a fun thing. Someone give me a shiny search string that removes all community day Pokemon. That would be (laughs) the number I want to find. Somebody give me a search screen that re- that returns unique shiny Pokemon is what I want to know. I don't think they can do that. They, they can't. Do OK, that. well, anyway, thank you very much for the email, Jackson. And uh, good luck on getting more shinies and, and pursuing level 21 and onward. Man, that's awesome. This next one is from George. Hi, Chris and Kyle. Hello. Hello. I just finished catching up on the show as I had fallen a bit behind. Just finished episode 91, Earthquake Firebird, and I am listening to the interview with Nick as I type this. Oh, by the way, if you guys haven't listened to the reversal interview we put up last week and the Trainer Tips Nick interview that we put up earlier this week, please go listen to it. I'm thrilled with both of them. It's been a while since we've had one-on-one interviews, and man, I missed it. It was great, (laughs) great fun. Continuing, my answer to the Pokepole is Sinnoh Week. Despite the fact that I've been growing weary of hatching eggs, I am looking forward to potentially hatching a second shiny Riolu and my first shiny Gibble. Aren't we all on that first shiny Gibble? Yeah. <laughs> I also wanted to answer a question from a couple episodes back. It was the one asking about the craziest thing we have done while playing this game. I have two stories about that that I wanted to share. The first one, I started playing June 2017, and this happened around September or October of that year. I had about 395 Magikarp candies and was so close to getting enough for Gyarados. It was about 11.45 p.m., and I noticed a Magikarp near the public library, which is about five minutes from my place. I was quickly running out the door, and I ran to this Magikarp before it could despawn. I ran for a fish in a mobile game at around midnight. Not a single soul in sight, and I'm over here playing Pokemon Go at this time. I caught it, pineapped it, and transferred it, and had enough candy to evolve. Finally, my brother asked where I was going. And so I told him that I had a book I needed to return to the outside <laughs> book drop. He would have made fun of me just for that. And I was running to the library due to a game. So I quickly came up with that excuse. <laughs> I did, in fact, need to return that book because I think it was overdue. So it was a legit excuse. In hindsight, maybe I should have driven there. <laughs> Second story. Oh, go ahead. Similar. I have such a similar story. It just involves a Gengar or a, a Ghastly, oh. as it would. <laughs> so it, ghost, ghost Pokemon only show up at night. I'd only been playing the game for like six weeks. A Ghastly showed up. I'm like, I need to get it. I got to go. Did you come up with a good excuse at the, at the time? time and, uh. it was like, and it was like three blocks away at like two in the morning because I was just going to bed. I'm getting up, putting pants on and, and I'm walking out the door. And my dad's like, where are you going? I'm like, there's a Pokemon. And he's like, okay. I'll see you in a few minutes then. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the best stories. The second story 
is also pretty good. For Charmander Community Day, there was going to be a meetup in a nearby city with some YouTubers. Mystic7, JG Gilly, Pokemon Master Holly, Prodigy's Nation, DX1, and a couple others were coming. I knew that this was my chance to meet them and play with other trainers. The problem was that the meetup was on a Saturday and I had work that day. I was not able to get the entire day off, but I managed to get half the day off. I didn't have a car at the time, so as soon as I got off, I called an Uber and headed to the community day. It was by far the most amazing experience while playing this game that I've had personally. Got to meet all the YouTubers, took pictures with Brandon, Jonathan, and Holly, had longer conversations that I expected, and even hugged them. They were all really cool and nice, and experienced a different part of the city I had not been to before. It was a lot of fun, even though I only caught two shiny Charmander. I even made it into their videos, so that was really cool. Looking back on it, it wasn't too crazy, but it felt crazy at the time because I was so outside of my routine and comfort zone in a way. Thank you so much for all the hard work that you do. Keep it up. I really enjoy this podcast. Well, that sounds like a really awesome story. You got to meet a bunch of people that you really like and look up to and consume their content. Like bridging that gap for the first time is so neat. Yeah. And on everybody that you named, every single influencer that we've worked with, we've talked to, all of them are really wonderful people. (laughs) All of them. So that doesn't surprise me at all. That's awesome, dude. To end, I have a couple of questions for you guys. I know it has been talked about a lot in various circles, but what do you think happened to Kecleon? Like, I'm starting to think that Niantic just legitimately forgot about him. How do we think we'll finally get him? Also, how do you think Niantic will introduce Shiny Smeargle? Speculation time. Stay safe out there, guys. Bye. So the two questions are, what happened to Kecleon? How do we think it's going to get introduced? Because it has not yet. And then how do we think that Niantic will introduce Shiny Smeargle? What do you think, Kyle? Well... I think Niantic forgot about Kecleon. No, I'm just... <laughs> it, it definitely feels like it. There have been so many good opportunities to release Kecleon that they've just kind of missed. Yeah. But I think at this point, they're legitimately just waiting until they want to. As as bad as that sounds, with how long it's been, there's no reason to do it other than just to release it. So they're, they're waiting for it to have the biggest positive for them. or Or if they have a gap, that ends up needing to be filled because of one reason or another. I think they really want to do something fun with Kecleon because he's so unique, has the camouflage thing I going just, on. I The longer it goes, the more and more two words cross my mind, in the back of my mind. Special research. <laughs> I think that's right. I think that's 100% correct. <laughs> on the other hand... The shiny Smeargle, I think it's just going to be for some sort of event, and then it'll just be, you have a chance from the photobomb just to make shiny. Yeah, and they'll give it, you know, a really boosted chance. It'll be like the 1 in 75 or whatever, like, chance he has. Yeah, yeah, because it takes a lot of footwork to go through the photobombs, the photobomb process, and you can only really do, like, you know, there's a limit, all that stuff. So I think I think that's true, too. But thank you for the email. Really quite appreciate it, George. Thank you. So next email is from William. Hi, guys. I just found your podcast a few weeks ago, and I've been catching up on all the shows. Another, another, another person. It's amazing. I love it. Hey, I wonder what that's like. At, uh, one, you point, know, at one point, yeah. I got to do it. Got to find the time. Jeez. <laughs> oh, listen to the old episodes. Oh, I'll die on the inside, probably. <laughs> you guys are doing an amazing job keeping us entertained through this. I always look forward to listening to your new podcast, and I'm hoping you guys can read my message in the next one. No. Hello. No. We will not do that. No. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, William. (laughs) I'm kidding. You get a pass this time. I had a question for you guys. What would be your favorite Pokemon with the coolest backstory? Looking forward to hearing your answers. 
Okay, so I'm going to go first and give Kyle some time. I don't even know if he needs time. He probably doesn't. He's probably got it ready out to go. It's Gengar, I bet. Anyway, what I was going <laughs> to thinking about answering Gengar just to take it <laughs> no but my answer is actually spoink spoinks pokedex entry oh freaks me out because it, it, it literally outlines and implies and says almost explicitly that if it stops moving like it stops bouncing its heart will stop and it will die uh, and that to me is just so fatalist and poetic in a weird sort of way i, I kind of like the pokemon that have a very like dire situation as a backstory because spoink is just cute it's a bouncing little pig ball but so dark when you get beneath the surface you know <laughs> peel back the layers oh my what about you kyle what's so great about gengar what's <laughs> <laughs> the latest okay, on gengar. gengar but gengar is also his backstory is just so messed up not just his pokemon his pokedex entry but also what people think about it because gengar is just a dead clefairy it's just clefairy's spirit they have the same is that model confirmed as it doesn't matter if it's confirmed. It's its backstory and I'm going with it. <laughs> okay. I'll confirm it for us next week on whether that's true or not. Cause I don't want to look it up right now, but okay. Fair enough. Well, I'm looking forward to you coming back with some hard empirical data next <laughs> week. Some, some evidence that's hard for me to be like, Oh, I don't know about that. Just be like size charts and like photos of like Clefairies <laughs> and Gengars hanging out behind like buildings and stuff. Anyway, this next one is from james hey guys love the show my catch of the week is a shiny giratina my first i'm normally a solo player so usually don't do anything other than one or two star raids i had the three remote raid passes so when a giratina raid popped on my radar i'd figured uh, go for it less than 300 seconds later and it was all over and bam couple of things here first remote raid done first five star raid done first raid with other people done giratine ah dex entry and it's a shiny done keep doing all that you do wash your hands and peace out james don't tell me to live my life james no you're completely right congratulations on your shiny giratine ah that's amazing especially for your first try that feels great man i hope this leads to you doing more raids in the future because raiding is really really great especially when we can all kind of go back to normal and get outside like raids are awesome man i'm happy you had a great experience thanks for the email and the last one's from Tyler, which also we have his goals from last week that we're going to share for everybody in just a little bit. Are there any Pokemon that you really liked in the main series game that you don't like in Go or the other way around? Any Pokemon you didn't like in the main series games, but you really liked in Go? All right. Well, let me just sort by Pokemon to see what I'm actually using. Yes, actually, I have a great answer for this because I wouldn't have expected it. Giratina didn't really catch me when it came out in in the generation it came out in. It was you know it was, it was Ghost Dragon. That's really cool, but like as a Pokemon, I never used it. I never really cared about it. But maybe that's just because I played the generation less. But Pokemon Go has given me a newfound appreciation for it, and it's a special place in my ghost loving heart. Nice. For me, it's every filler Pokemon that looks like just straight up normal animal. I didn't appreciate them in the normal games because <laughs> contextual snubble is not. A, no. You, OK, yeah, you put a little pug in a clown costume and paint it it's pink. It's a bulldog. No, I'm not. in. No, it's just not. It's not. They don't look like that. Bulldogs don't look like clowns. They don't look like clowns. I don't know what you're going for there. I don't I'm not into it. OK, but the Wingles, 
and the Krabbies. Seal. And the Ratata. The seal. Exactly. I'm here for you. The sea dot. I love acorns. My favorite animal. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Thanks for the question, Tyler. I appreciate it. That was a good one. (laughs) And that brings us to the end of the show. If you guys would like to send us an email, you can do so by sending it to mail at gocastpodcast.com. You can visit our website by going to gocastpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at gocastpodcast. Like us on Facebook, the Gocast Podcast. Support us on Patreon if you'd like to. You also gain access to our Patreon-exclusive Discord for as little as $1 a month. You can find out more details about that and other benefits at Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash podcast. And a quick repeat shout out to something that we shouted out in the Trainer Tips interview. He is selling masks and all proceeds, face masks, that is, and all proceeds are going to a relief fund in California to help with small businesses and people getting hit by the pandemic rather hard. I'll have a link to it in our show notes, but you can also just search for Trainer Tips, Trainer Space Tips, CrowdMade, and it'll take you right to that store. And the mask is marked for charity. So it should be pretty straightforward if you're interested in doing something like that. I believe they're $14.99 and they have his logo all over them. And uh, it's, it's great. It's a win-win situation in a lot of ways. Okay, and that brings us to the end of the show here. We're going to set some new goals for next week, Mr. Kyle. Oh, man. But before you and I set our goals, how did Tyler do? Well, what were his goals? Uh, Well, his goals were these three. The first was less than 2,000 Pokemon in his box. He wanted to cut down his his, uh, box storage to less than 2,000. He wanted to build a Master League team, which is... That's a, a rather steep ticket to pay. And he wanted to finish the Kanto research. So how did our boy do? Well, he overachieved and got down to 1,500 Pokemon. Whoa. He finished the Kanto timed research, and he did not make a Master League team. He said, just can't do it. It's too much Stardust. Yeah, that's... Uh, I don't blame That's you. fair enough. I don't blame That's you. fair enough. I, I wonder how far he got. I mean, I'd like to celebrate his his win, even if it uh, was only half of one. But uh. <laughs> I, I like to imagine he went to go power up a Dialga, and he's just like, I can't do it. It's I'm like, done. you can Not have that once. much Stardust at once? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But enough about Tyler. Congratulations on your two out of three, by the way, Tyler. You're doing much better than my personal track record. On average, I suppose. Not this episode. It's an outlier. But Kyle, let's make next week a combo of A pluses for the two of us. What do you say? What are you going to go for? All right. So next week, this is a busy week. This is a busy week. Yeah, it is. First and foremost, going to finish the Johto research. I need to make sure I make that a goal because otherwise I might lapse in my judgment and not finish it. And then I'm in a bad position. Oh, then you're just going to be really upset in three weeks. Yeah, exactly. I can't do that. (laughs) I was like desperately finishing the Kanto one today because I'm like, I don't have time the rest of the week. It needs to be done. We have the Safari Zone ticketed event makeup type thing coming up. And with that, the the boosted shiny rates, I want to get 12 shinies from that that happening. So what do you say 12 shinies? Because our ticketed day, both of us are going to play on this Saturday, which also overlaps with the snubble day. Mm -hmm. If you happen to snag some shiny snubbles while you're out playing, are you going to count those or do they have to be event exclusive shinies? I'm going to count them. Just because okay. it's it's going to be like a whole day of play for me. So I'm not counting. Absolutely. And then lastly, 300,000 Stardust. 300,000 Stardust. It's the Stardust bonuses for Johto. So true. Going to do my best. 
Okay, so for you, Mr. Kyle, I've got finish the Johto research. 12 shinies this Saturday, just generally speaking, even if they're snubbles. And then 300,000 Stardust, considering the fact that this is a Stardust event. So why not? Mm-hmm. That sounds oh. accurate to me. Okay, three goals for Mr. Kyle. I have outlined four for myself. Some of them are rather similar. Some of them are not. I wanted to finish Johto as well, of course. I'm only going to go for 10 shinies because my focus is going to be on Stardust grinding that day. I'm not going to really be going out for shinies as much. I did want to go for 15, but last time I did that, I got like none. So maybe this time walk it back a little bit 400,000 stardust because i've been trying to get into the habit of grinding whenever i have the chance even if it's not an event so hopefully over the course of the week 400,000 it would be great and then finally i want to catch two shiny snubbles so i can close this chapter of my life forever and just be a happier person uh i mean as soon as the summer's over gotta do a gramble raid just because okay yeah fine you got it we'll do it we'll do it we'll make a video out of it we'll do the whole th- i don't know whatever <laughs> you and i will do a granbull raid and it will be glorious that poor granbull doesn't even know what's gonna hit him unless he's a four-star raid i'm like why are you so hard for no reason i can't handle this <laughs> yeah. anyway thank you guys so much for listening it was a long one and we'll see you guys next week Bye-bye. bye bye bye